0: If you're going to war, you're going to get one. Now get the gun. Welcome back to reliving the war and welcome to the 14th of April 1997. We have an interesting one this week, the WWF are showing matches from their South African tour along with matches taped last week in Muncie, Indiana, while WCW Nitro is live tonight from Philadelphia. Raw is kinda messy this week and because we are essentially seeing house show matches, you keep your expectations low. Nitro is absolutely jam packed again this week so let's get started and we'll see what happens. Tony Schiavone announces at the start of Nitro that Lex Luger wants a shot at Hollywood Hogan's world title tonight, so some big news here to kick off WCW's show. The NWO then come out to take over the announce table, and Kevin Nash says Hulk Hogan is the godfather of the faction. If Lex Luger wants a shot at Hulk, the total package has to go through Kevin Nash first. What's noteworthy here is the solidarity being displayed by the new world Order it seems all that fighting a few weeks back has been totally forgotten about. Our first Nitro match then gets underway, it's the Barbarian vs Chris Benoit. On raw, we have a match that was taped last week in the states, the Legion of Doom vs the Godwins. The Benoit match was short but very impactful, Chris started off really strong and he was doing well until Jimmy Hart tripped him up from the outside. This distraction eventually allowed the barbarian to take control and we saw this belly to belly suplex from the top rope. Look at the distance that Benoit travelled here. Not only that, the barbarian went back up the same corner and he tried to land a diving headbutt, Chris moved out of the way and the crippler ended up scoring the win with a top rope splash. The dungeon of doom attacked Chris afterwards and Kevin Sullivan pulls off his running knee, even Jacqueline got in on the action, and after Mongo and Jarrett run down to clear out the ring, Chris says Kevin Sullivan is like the plague and Kevin needs destroyed, the sun is about to set on Kevin's career, yada yada yada. This rivalry has become an absolute blur to me. On Raw, Jim Cornette calls the action with Vince McMahon this week, Jim Ross and the honky tonk man will call the matches in Johannesburg. The road warriors want a little payback for that slop attack last week on Raw and it starts off with hawk no selling everything Phineas does, he even gets up after a pie driver in a matter of seconds. As animal and henry take over in the ring, it's announced that we'll hear from Bret Hart again tonight on raw, and we're also going to get another stone cold steve austin promo. Hawk and Phineas come back in, and you know that thing where Phineas spits in the air, catches it in his hand and then he rubs his paws together? Well, he spits in the air and then his own gross saliva hits him right on the head, good job Phineas, well done. Hawk decides to do the same thing, he too doesn't catch anything but at least we don't see road warrior Flame landing on Hawk's head. Animal ends up getting a hot tag and he lays out the Godwins with drop kicks. Owen and Bulldog then come down the ringside and Davy smacks Animal with a title belt. This allows the Godwins to win the match. Absolute cack. I enjoyed Nitro's opening match more, even though it was way shorter. We go to South Africa next for Triple H vs Jesse James. On Nitro we have Hector Guerrero vs. Dean Malenko and Juventud Guerrero vs. Rey Mysterio Jr. As Dane and Hector make their way down to the ring, reliable source of information Tony Schiavone says some sort of announcement regarding Eric Bischoff's status will air on WCW Nitro next week, apparently it's big news and yeah I'm intrigued, I wonder what it could be. The US title is on the line here, and Eddie's older brother done a good job hanging in there with who I consider right now in our timeline, is WCW's best in ring performer. Eddie being sidelined right now has helped Dean in taking over that top spot for me, but great things are also in the pipeline for latino heat. Dean was constantly one step ahead of Hector here, his transition from a double underhook powerbomb into the Texas cloverleaf was as smooth as butter, and Hector had no choice but to give up, Dean retains the US championship. Dean won't let go of the hold after the bell and this prompts Eddie to make an appearance, Dean and Eddie exchange words, Eddie says if Milenko keeps this up, he's gonna see a side of Guerrero that Dean won't like, and Dean said he already knows what Eddie is all about. Eddie checks on his older brother just before Nitro moved on to its next match, Mysterio vs. Hoovy. The Philadelphia crowd chanted ECW during this one and it had all the high-flying action you'd expect from these two. Check out Mysterio's over-the-top rope head scissors. Jesus Christ. I can't work out who got hurt more during this move but it looked great. This power bomb from the apron also looked good, have a look at this backflip too and the precision in Ray's landing, he was inches away from smacking his head on Hoovy's back but he made it just fine, and then the torque on the west coast pop, absolutely ridiculous. Great great work here from the cruiserweights, just when you think you've seen it all, these guys always impress with something new. I do really like when the WWF and WCW give different backdrops to their weekly shows with unique venues, but the WWF tapes always look awful. The Toronto and Berlin episodes of Raw also suffered from this kinda unrefined video that lacks the sharpness we'd usually see in their USA shows, even some of their USA shows had bad video feeds and this was where Turner was head and shoulders above the WWF, for a while anyway. A benefit of the network owning the wrestling company, I guess. There's problems with the audio too, JR and Honky Tonk Man can't be heard until the last few moments of the match, meaning you're gonna watch this one with practically no commentary. That mad bastard Triple H pulled off two chin locks too, one, two. He's usually not one to walk the line when it comes to the locking of the chin, but he must have thought he was safe in South Africa little does he know, we're always watching. Double J gets out of the second chinlock and he begins acting the maggot so Triple H puts him down to the mat again, Hunter misses a top rope attack and this allows James to act the maggot again, and just as the commentary audio begins playing over the match, the honky tonk man decides to get up and give double J a little payback for refusing his services a few weeks ago, honky grabs double J's leg and he gets in a cheap shot while China distracted the referee, and Triple H wins with a pedigree, there's absolutely no reaction here at all. Double J grabs a mic and he says the honky tonk mans protege is apparently coming after him at in your house later this week, but double j wants to fight the honky tonk man right now. Honky teases it but he won't get in the ring, double j holds a sign that says chicken, a sign that loads of people have in the arena for some reason, and it actually looks like an advertisement for a fast food restaurant or something like that, hopefully someone in the comments can clarify that but I don't really care either nothing special at all except the novelty of the match being held in a different country. Before the nitro matches take place, Luna Vachon shows up, cutting her first nitro promo since arriving a lot of weeks back. Luna says she's the number one contender for the women's championship and she's gonna take that belt away from Medusa, only problem here is that Medusa isn't the women's champion, fucks sake. Still, Medusa and Luna will finally meet in the ring at Slamboree on May 18th. We have Rocky Maivia vs Savio Vega next on Raw, and we have Lane Carlson vs Ultimo Dragon in 6 vs Prince Iakea on Nitro. Lane Carlson would be better known as Lenny Lane, he's getting a shot at the TV title tonight and he's not winning it either. Even though he made an appearance on Nitro previously, this is his debut WCW match. There's a couple of timing issues here, and you can see Dragon getting a little annoyed when things aren't going smoothly. He almost takes Leon's head off with a drop kick, and to show he means business, Dragon applies a chin lock. The absolute savage. Then he's famouser doesn't look good, but he recovers with a good-looking bulldog. He gets a little brave with a senton from the top to the outside, and well, he he just kind of falls over, doesn't he? Larry Sabisco wonders whats wrong with Lenny's face as dragon replies with a plancha and then Sonny Ono gets in on the action, Lane takes a few kicks before getting thrown back in the ring and dragon modifies his top rope hurricanrana by switching to a head scissors. Dragon then performs the tiger suplex and thats it over, you could feel dragon getting a little more aggressive during this match and Carlson lane here would have to wait until august before getting another nitro match, a 3 on 1 match against the giant, and a 3 on 1 squash match against the giant. I'm very interested though in the next nitro match, 6 vs Prince Ayakea, we've heard time and time again that sean waltman was once vince mcmahon's measuring stick, if sean couldn't get a good match out of someone then that person simply didn't belong in a wrestling ring, so let's see if 6 got a good match out of Prince Ayakea. Waltman starts off by adding a little more pressure to a side headlock and after getting hit with a shoulder block, the Prince pulls off a head scissors from a handstand position. He then hits an arm drag takedown perfectly and this gets followed up with a drop kick. So far, so good. After taking a break on the outside, Six manages to bring IkeA to the ropes where he gets in a few chops, but IkeA replies with a kick to the midsection, and Six gets his head slammed on the mat. Six replies with a spinning heel kick that looked great. Reggie White of the Green Bay Packers looks on, and Six decides to show off with a chin lock. This is going to be one of those chin lock heavy episodes this week, isn't it? Reggie White, by the way, has signed an open WCW contract. He's going to wrestle Steve McMichael at Slamboree if Steve McMichael also signs the contract. Let's pass judgment when the pay per view actually takes place. Ikea gets out of the chin lock but he misses a top rope crossbody, 6 makes the prince pay with his corner kick combo and it looks like Waltman got Ikea right on the nose here, 6 then hits the bronco buster but he gets a little too confident and he misses a top rope senton, Ikea then begins building a comeback, he brings 6 down with a chop followed by a back body drop, the commentators think the prince has it in the bag after hitting a springboard clothesline but Waltman kicks out of the follow up pin. It was all going so well until Ikea landed a top rope sunset flip and his legs stayed under Six's left shoulder. The referee, rightfully, wouldn't count until the shoulders were down and Six kicked out as planned. We then saw the buzz killer and that's it over, Six wins via submission. This match was fine, Six did get a good match out of Prince Ikea, it was a shame about the sunset flip but it's kinda nitpicking too and putting Prince under a microscope that others don't get put under. It's a decent TV match here on Nitro. Rocky Maivia versus Savio Vega then, boy oh boy, it's the longest match on Raw. We go through the usual locks and holds with both men trying to get an advantage but coming to a stalemate more than once. We go to split screen where Ahmed Johnson threatens to break his 2x4 over Honky Tonk Man's face. Jim Ross says the fans in South Africa love Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed says he loves them too, and Honky Tonk Man just has to get in the last word. Match up, Ahmed, Ahmed, you're going down. you always have to get the last <laughs> word in? We go to split screen again, where we see the WWF getting featured in the New York Daily News. The commentators don't talk about the split screen at all, and I think this is something to do with the awful audio dub during this episode of Raw. Everything is just off. Plenty of arm bars from Rocky Mavi, and this one, Savio applies the dreaded nerve pinch before transitioning into a chin lock. The chin locks just keep coming and coming this week on reliving the war. And just as Rocky performs a sunset flip, we lose the commentary track again, and we're forced to watch the match without Ross and Honky Tonk Man. Farouk shows up before we go to commercial break. It's good to see him back. And when we return, Savio has the nerve pinch applied again. Rocky fights out, but he gets put down with a spinning heel kick, and Savio goes for the fucking nerve pinch for a third time. Well, you know what that means. Savio Vega Nerve Pinch. Farouk begins shouting orders at Savio, and Rocky takes a kicking on the mat. Crush starts directing the stadium security too. Something was going on with fans at ringside, but we don't get to see what it was. Nerve pinch number four, I'm not even kidding. Holy shit, more nerve pinches from Savio Vega. Rocky's nerves must be absolutely wrecked. That boy's gonna need a few benzos after this one. Savio puts a food on my vea, but Rock kicks out. Savio decides to kick and punch Rocky while he's down, and Fuck it, I'm out. Oh, that's bullshit. Nervous breakdown five times, five fucking nerve holes in one match. Rock finally begins firing back with a crossbody attack but Savio kicks out of the follow up cover. Savio puts Rocky down with a chop to the throat, Rock then gets tripped up and pushed to the mat and go, I fucking dare you to do it again, I dare he done it, he actually done it, oh my god. Nerve, uh, Savio, uh, I don't know what to say, this sucks. I don't think there's a problem with the commentary audio at all, I think JR and Honky Tonk Man fell asleep, or they went for a toilet break, anything to get away from this. I'm sorry, I can't watch this anymore, Rocky makes a comeback with a few right hands, he lands a slingshot, and we see his trademark punch combo followed by his trademark dance, Savio misses a sidekick and Rock lands a fisherman's suplex, and (laughs) then… the rock bottom not sure if this is the first one ever but I'm pretty sure it's the first time we've saw it on reliving the war, I could have missed it previously though. Savio kicks out of the rock bottom, what a guy, we then see a shit DDT, rock hits his flying crossbody but Savio manages to counter the shoulder breaker afterwards, vega grabs the tights and Savio vega beats the IC champion in an on title match. The nation attack rock afterwards, Ahmed Johnson runs down for the save and poor D'Lo gets whacked with the 2x4 and yeah, absolutely terrible, raw has not been good at all so far. The WWF go back to the states for a stone cold interview while Ric Flair, Roddy Piper and Kevin Green cut a promo on Nitro. The Nitro promo lasts for 5 minutes which doesn't sound long but trust me, it is, especially when you get used to 3 minute Nitro matches. Let me condense this one down, Roddy Piper calls the NWO a bunch of gorillas and he calls them stupid, and he says he, Flair and Green will take on the whole faction at Slamboree if they need to. He then says the NWO are a bunch of guys in spandex jumping out of the closet, I'm not joking by the way, He says he and flair paved the way by main eventing the first starrcade and the first wrestlemania, and keep that in mind for next week, this stuff about paving the way for younger stars, it leads to a great promo on the next episode of nitro. Piper then gets a chance to breathe when Mean Gene goes to Kevin Green, The big man says he done everything that Hulk Hogan said, he trained, he took his vitamins and he said his prayers. The advice worked for Green but Kevin's still pissed off that Hogan turned his back on the same people he gave that advice to. Green then compares the NWO to rookies of the NFL, guys who show up for a paycheck but they won't put in any extra work. Green says flair and piper made wrestling and Kevin is backing both guys up because he respects the nature boy and he respects the hot rod. Flair talks about training back in the 70s and how he once considered quitting, he then talks about making it to the big time during the 80s, and he then travels to the 90s where he wrestled macho man Randy Savage at Wrestlemania 8, and he says Angelo Poffo wouldn't like where Savage is right now, and that's it really, the three men lose their minds again to end the promo would've been nice to find out exactly who from the NWO these three are facing but nah, this is WCW, and I'm not prepared to start another document trying to decipher the build-up towards this 3 on 3 match, or at least I presume it's a 3 on 3 match, who knows. You can tell why Stone Cold Steve Austin got as big as he did during this era, I know I sing his praises quite a lot in this series, but what a breath of fresh air Steve Austin really was his matches and promos right now feel like must see tv. Unfortunately, this is a short promo but it's a good one nonetheless. Vince says Austin got what he wanted, another match with Bret Hart, and Austin says it's about time he got what he wanted out of the world wrestling federation, Steve says Vince McMahon and Gorilla Monsoon can't hold him down anymore, and Vince McMahon sides with Austin saying that talent can't be held down, it always rises to the top. Steve says fans can cheer him, they can boo him, but everyone understands that Steve Austin is the baddest SOB in the ring when the bell goes off. Austin used leverage to get his match against the hitman he had monsoon right where he wanted him, and Austin says there's no gimmicks and no stipulations in the revenge of the taker match between he and Bret Hart. Stone Cold doesn't care if he wins or loses, he just wants to beat Brad up. Austin says the hitman has copied him, he tries to walk like Austin, he tries to talk like Austin, he tried to create a new design so he could look like Austin, I'm not so sure about that. Stone Cold wraps it up by saying brett may be the best there is, the best there was and the best there ever will be, but brett's time is also up. Austin promises to whip brett's ass at revenge of the taker. I'll be covering that whole pay per view later in the week by the way, so hopefully you join me then. Goldust versus the Sultan is up next on Raw, while high voltage battle Public Enemy in a Philadelphia street fight. Public Enemy promised to go back to their extreme roots for this matchup, and I'm going to be honest here—they had the same kind of hardcore match they usually have on WCW television. You can't take away the ovation they got here though from the Philadelphia audience. The crowd reaction to Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge was awesome. It's just a shame then that it's all the usual shots with trash cans, trash can lids, they even broke out the toilet lid again. That being said, the finish was good, the public enemy performed a drive-by on Robbie Rage, Robbie took the move through stacked tables. Philadelphia loved the public enemy and the energy inside the arena makes this one worth a watch, but the main chunk of the match features nothing you haven't seen before. On Raw, Goldust changed his face paint up a little, but this didn't help his match with the Sultan from being yet another giant waste of time. The thing that sucks about this the most is that Raw was on a roll recently with some excellent episodes over the past two months, but this one has already fallen flat and with Ahmed Johnson vs Crush as the main event, I can't see it getting any better. I will say this though, this pile driver from the Sultan looked great. The match ended when Triple H and China hit the ring and Goldust gets attacked. Sultan and Triple H then mess up a spike pile driver spot, and the Sultan applies a Camel clutch just before Raw moves on to its next segment. There was no commentary during this bout, and we also saw another chin lock. Bret Hart is in Q8 and the Hitman cuts a promo on Raw while the giant wrestles Big Al on Nitro it took the giant 59 seconds to win the match with a choke slam. Moving on, the Bret Hart promo cuts between backstage footage and in-ring footage, Bret says he's honored to wave the Q8 flag, a flag that stands for honor and pride, and the hitman is proud to still be a hero to fans all around the world. The American fans though, they don't understand the difference between right and wrong anymore, and Bret says the American fans don't want to hear the truth, But Brett does nothing but tell the truth, he stands for the truth, he is the truth. Footage of Brett ripping into American fans in the ring is then shown and he encourages fans in Kuwait to clap and join in, Brett says the fans in Kuwait, South Africa, Germany, they all used to once look up to America but not anymore. And Brett then turns his attention to Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin, Brett says Shawn tells lies and he doesn't know the truth anymore just like the fans in America, and Steve Austin is nothing but a bully, the scum of the earth, a dirty, stinking hyena, and Austin is about to find out again that he isn't good enough and he isn't tough enough to beat Bret Hart, the hitman wraps it up by saying Steve better get good or he'll get beaten. The headbangers vs mankind invader on raw, conan vs ddp on nitro. Kimberly comes out with diamond dallas page here, it looks like she's gonna act as his valet from this point forward, and both she and page get great ovations from the audience. Conan gives Kimberly a little attention at the opening bell and he smacks page, page smacks his opponent right back before applying a wristlock, and conan goes on offense after breaking a hammerlock at the ropes. Check this out, some hardcore WWF fans brought a Raw sign, an undertaker flag, and a Shawn Michaels cardboard cutout to Nitro. I think that's a Bret Hart sign too, but I can't read it. It doesn't take long at all for Page to turn things around with a back suplex, he then signals for the diamond cutter and Conan takes the bump like a pro. Fantastic looking cutter here but it's a shame the match was so short. I need to stop bringing this up, I know, but I always look forward to matches on nitro when I see them on paper, but they're always over before they truly get started. Two minutes here, both guys deserve more ring time, could've gotten another minute if the giant didn't have a match this week. Randy Savage shows up in the audience afterwards with Liz, Savage orders DDP to tell his wife to stop fantasizing about the macho man and stop calling the macho Man. DDP chases Randy through the audience as Nitro moves onto its next match. Look at the ring mat on Raw, you can still see the bloodstain left by Vernon White, just thought I'd point that out. Vader almost knocked his mask off after performing a belly to belly suplex on Thrasher, and he also done the most ungraceful yet most effective double clothesline when the match spilled to the rampway. The headbangers had really no hope at all here as Mankind and Vader controlled the match while working well as a team, but it all fell apart when Mosh grabbed something from under the apron. We didn't see exactly what it was, but it contained a liquid that ended up getting spat in Mankind's eyes. Whatever the liquid was, that definitely wasn't water, it blinds McFoley, causing the referee to call for the bell and disqualifying the headbangers. Vader went to check on Foley, but because Mick couldn't see, he ends up applying the mandible claw on his own tag team partner, causing further problems within this tag team. Vince McMahon wants to know what Hunky Tonk Man and Jim Ross thought about the match outcome, and while JR and Hunky Tonk talk about what happened, the lights begin to flicker inside the Johannesburg stadium as the Undertaker begins speaking to the fans. Taker says this Sunday night, Mankind, the man who covets the flame, will come face to face with the rage of the undertaker. When all is said and done, Undertaker says he'll release the demons on mankind's soul. Mankind can never rest in peace, but he can burn in hell. Keep in mind, we haven't seen the undertaker since the Hadouken incident a few weeks back, so we don't know if Taker will have any physical damage from mankind's attack. Gonna be honest here though, the build up to revenge of the Taker has been incredibly weak. The Commandant delivers a message next on Raw's War, while Harlem Heat do battle with everyone's favourite tag team, Jeff Jarrett and Steve Mongo McMichael. Can they coexist this week? Will Mongo and Jeff realise that they're actually an awesome pairing with unmatched chemistry? Well, there was a slight improvement this week. Jeff and Steve didn't beat each other up or screw up so bad that they didn't get the win. They actually got a victory tonight, but watch out for Deborah McMichael and Sister Sherry making sure that high-quality Mongo and Jarrett matches continue on Monday Nitro on a weekly basis. Deborah passes the magical briefcase to Mongo, and well, this happens. The and got the Sherry the oh, Sherry, watch it. Oh. Ah, oh, Deborah fails at holding Sherry in the corner, and when Sister Sherry grabs Deborah, Mark Curtis decides to disqualify Harlem Heat and then… just watch. Uh, I want to give Sherry a pass because it's Sherry and she's awesome, but it's hard not to laugh at that one. Mongo and Jarek promo time, they should have their own segment at this point like Piper's Pit or Chris Jericho's highlight reel. Because Reggie White has signed on to wrestle Mongo at Slamboree, the problems between Jeff and Steve take a backseat here as Mongo spends his mic time tearing into Reggie. Steve says he has signed the contract to wrestle Reggie at Slambury. Mongo calls Reggie a sellout and this gets a great pop from the audience, Reggie white went to the Green Bay Packers from the Philadelphia Eagles in 1993. When Mongo says Reggie is all about the money, the minister of defence jumps into the ring and he squares up to the horseman. Mongo decides the best course of action here is to spit in Reggie's face, Reggie sees red, and Mongo gets tackled to the ground before security break things up. The thing is though, this all gets a great crowd reaction. I enjoyed this too because it wasn't the same old mongo and jared stuff we've been seeing for months at this point. Still that briefcase spot though, my my my. On raw, the commandant says absolutely fuck all of interest, nothing. He rips into americans just like Bret Hart, commandant says he and his commandos will soon enter the WWF battlefield, and the commandant promises to show dominance and superiority not only to america, but to the rest of the world. He says he's gonna show liberals of the united states and south africa the error of their ways, might is right where there's a whip, not will, where there's a whip there's a way, and if the commandant and his south african truth commission have to beat the truth and the non-believers, then that's exactly what's gonna happen. We've made it to the end guys, Kevin Nash vs Lex Luger on Nitro, Crush vs Ahmed Johnson on Raw. Let's get the Ahmed vs Crush match over with and we can pretend this episode of Raw never happened. We have d and Farouk at ringside once again, Ahmed doesn't move after taking a shoulder block and this really feels like the start of a house show match and not a TV match. Ahmed tries to shoulder block Crush, nothing happens, but both men go down after shoulder blocking each other. Crush then leaves the ring to waste more time, he gets a little advice from Farouk, Ahmed chases Crush back into the ring and a flip by Ahmed gets followed up with Crush getting sent to the outside again. The time wasting is off the charts here, Crush wants even more time to do nothing when he calls for a timeout, but it was all a ploy to send Ahmed to the outside, fuck this, I already hate this match. All that can save this is more chin locks, or chin lock counters stopped a bit prematurely. D'Lo attacks Ahmed on the outside, and Crush brings his opponent back in with a suplex. Three leg drops from Crush follows. This is prime chin lock time right here, folks. I'm a master in this kind of thing at this point. But no, Savio Vega comes out, and Savio's presence somehow affects Crush's train of thought. Instead of doing the right thing and doing a chin lock, we see. Another nerve pinch on Monday Night Raw. Holy shit! The nation of Nerve holds. Savio and Crush may have started a new thing here on reliving the war, getting on everyone's fucking nerves. The moment the nerve hold gets applied, the commentary team disappears again. Ahmed shows he has nerves of steel when he breaks free and he performs a scissors kick, but normal bullshittery resumes when Ahmed goes for an elbow drop and, well, this happens… Farouk's just like, I want to go home. Crush hits a pile driver and he keeps things exciting with a sleeper hold, this stays in for a good bit of time and just when Ahmed was about to break the hold, Crush grabs Farouk's belt and Johnson gets choked behind the referee's back. Crush then applies a rear naked choke, we go through the whole lifting the arms up five times rigmarole, but Ahmed comes back to life and he gets put right back down with a knee to the midsection. The commentary comes back as Crush lines up a hard punch, but Ahmed counters with a wheel kick. Crush gets up and he goes for the kitchen sink again, but Ahmed counters with a pin. With mercy, the match ends. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Farouk then grabs a mic and he challenges Ahmed to a match. If Ahmed can beat Savio, Crush, and Farouk, then Farouk will disband the nation of domination. The camera is cut away before we get an answer from Ahmed but that's a match that doesn't happen at revenge of the taker, it happens at the following in your house event, a cold day in hell. We go back to Vince McMahon and Jim Cornette, and Cornette is sweating buckets after watching what has to be one of the worst episodes of raw we've had the pleasure of witnessing here on reliving the war. Vince runs down the in your house matches, and I honestly feel like I need a drink after watching this show. Lex Luger has to beat Kevin Nash tonight if he wants a shot at Hollywood Hogan, so the Four Corners match at Spring Stampede? Forget about it. The NWO called the shots here, even though Eric Bischoff is still, in storyline, suspended. Nash brings out the whole NWO with the exception of Hogan and Hall. Hall is still working through his personal issues. And Hogan is still working through his mountains of Ted Turner's cash. The NWO surround the ring is Big Sexy goes to work in the corner. Nash throws Luger to the opposite turnbuckles, but Lex dodges the follow-up attack, allowing Luger to go on offense. It doesn't take long for NWO members to get involved, and Nash takes advantage with a big boot. Philadelphia is NWO country for sure as Nash gets a great pop here. Nash hits his signature sidewalk slam next and he follows this up with Snake Eyes so we've had corner attacks, uh, the big boot, sidewalk slam, snake eyes. We don't have many kevin nash moves left here do we? No hair flick this week, that hair is in a tidy ponytail. Teddy DiBiase looks out for sting as kevin nash hits a short arm clothesline, Lex then gets choked at the ropes and nash follows this up with a middle rope teabag attack, so good was this teabag action that nash has an imaginary smoke after the move. Shit Sting gets spooked by the cameraman just before Nash hits an elbow drop, Kevin then chokes Luger in the corner with his boot, and that's it, I don't think Nash performs any other moves except the jackknife. This means, yeah, Luger goes on offense, we see the running forearm, and that's it over, the new world order hit the ring and the referee calls for a DQ finish, Lex wins in the Nitro main event. DDP comes out to save Luger but there's too many guys for Page to fight the giant then slowly makes his way down to the ring, and the roof comes off the arena when sting shows up with a few spare baseball bats, sting throws bats to luger, page and giant, he then slowly makes his way into the ring, and he lets kevin nash swing a lead pipe before taking a shot, sting begins cleaning house, the crowd goes wild, and when the other babyfaces jump in, the nwo get out of harms way. This is how Nitro ended this week, at least it wasn't another cliffhanger. Nitro absolutely destroyed raw this week, raw was a bad wrestling show and it just goes to show how quickly momentum can get flushed down the toilet. As you can tell here by my score sheet, the only things I liked in this episode of raw when compared to Nitro were the Bret Hart and Steve Austin promos, and Bret's promo really didn't contain anything we didn't already know. Remember too that this is a go home raw show, the last shot the WWF has at selling pay-per-views, not including b-shows like superstars with this massacre, Nitro now leads with 37 points, raw has 32 points, and we still have 10 ties. In the television ratings, Nitro won with a 3.5, the WWF didn't move, raw got another 2.2. In your house, revenge of the taker will be the next video uploaded to the channel, I hope you join me again later in the week and we can take a look at every match on the card. Steve Austin and Bret Hart don't just wrestle it in your house, they also fight on Raw next week, so you don't want to miss next week's episode of Reliving the War, trust me. On Nitro, we have Six vs Rey Mysterio, Kevin Nash has a few strong words for Piper and Flair, and oh for fuck's sake, this guy's back too, brilliant. Thanks for watching, guys, I hope you enjoyed this one, and take care.